Welcome to the World of Horror Podcast, Season 3, Episode 4. I'm Mom. And I'm Mac. And this is the podcast where we share our love of international horror. Fear is universal, but we are not afraid of subtitles. A disclaimer, we are not experts on these films, but that won't stop us from expressing our opinions on them. Also, these discussions will include spoilers. You have been warned. Woohoos! This week we watched the 2002 Japanese horror classic Juon The Grudge, the 2004 American remake The Grudge, and the 2020 reboot The Grudge. <laughs> We gotta just watch them all now. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> I know. So I guess Juwan is number three in the story, actually. And then there was, I know there was a Grudge 2 and a Grudge 3. And then there was the Grudge Origins, which was like a episodic, right? Oh, the TV show. There's also a movie that is apparently like uh, Kayako and the girl from the ring, like... Fighting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's move on to our first segment, Mom and Mac Chat. Hi, Mac. How's it going? Oh, well, Mom. I, if I say anything weird, it's because I'm delirious today because I just have had a really busy week. I, and, um, man, uh, like, okay, if I could, if I could put it into, I've been using this analogy whenever I talk about work with my friends now. I say, like, let's just pretend I have to jar a lot of things. And so basically, on Monday, my boss was like, can you jar, like, a thousand jars by Thursday? And I said, no. And then 10 minutes later, I get <laughs> I'm CC'd on an email. Oh, yeah, we're going to have the the 10,000 jars by Thursday. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been like, <sighs> but finally finished today. And I didn't even say anything. I just, like, sent the data. I just went home. My like uh-huh. my hands were cramping from the stuff I had to do. It's like a lot of like yeah. this motion. I'm per- like you know when you use like a sieve to like you know if you were trying to find stuff in the sand. That's kind of like what I'm doing. But imagine if you did that for like six hours straight. <laughs> I just hurt. Um, but so therefore, I'm happy to be here, not there, with you. Mm-hmm. Aww. How are you? I'm great. Oh, why? For a couple of reasons. Well, first, it's recording day. I love recording day because that means I get to talk to you, Mac. I missed you. You did? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you did? You did? What, little old me? <laughs> yeah, I love you. You're my mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought maybe there was something special that I missed, and then you missed me because we didn't get together when we had planned to get together. Oh, no, I just no. was thinking okay. like, oh, I can't wait to talk to mom. Yay! Uh, <laughs> so also, I've been doing a lot more art lately, and I feel like I'm in another phase Ooh. of my art. I found these really big panels. And I showed you the abstract one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm working on this abstract one and I 
like it. It's just fun. And it doesn't really represent, it's just like a design and I'm just having fun. Yeah. Sort of filling it. It's sort of like coloring when you're yeah. a kid, except I'm doing it with glass pieces. And so that makes me feel happy. And there's a woman at work who is in another, another whole division. She's in education and she's like, I love your art. Cause I put it on, um, Instagram and stuff. She's like, I want to commission you for something. I'm like, okay. Aww. That makes me feel happy. And then I got a side gig today. Ooh. And it's for a school I had never heard of. And I applied a long time ago. And then the guy got in touch with me yesterday. And also in the meantime, my phone fell and broke. No. But I know, which is a bummer because it's not paid off or anything. Oh. And then... But I took the SIM card and I put it in an old phone I had, and it works. Smart cookie. I know I am. Resourceful. But anyway, I had some mishaps with the phone. Like, I don't think... I thought for a minute it couldn't receive phone calls. So this guy was trying to get in touch with me. Then he couldn't, and then he would, like, email me and to offer me this job, you know? Oh, wait, wow. So, they really wanted you. Yeah. Well, I mean, school starts on Monday, so... They've never taught philosophy at this school before. Wow. So You're I'm the first. teaching. Yes, I'm teaching one class. And so it seems like a lot of pressure, but I'm ready for it. So that's. You, you already know you're great at it. Yeah, I'm not worried. Yeah. And um, I go back to school on Monday. Mm. Is there so any are- new mask mandate? We have to wear masks at work now. Yeah, uh, everybody has to wear masks now. And <laughs> okay, so I was in like two trainings today, just sort of like get you up and running for school and everything. And neither one of the te- the technology in both of them was not working. So it was like in the first one, it was kind of like I just got to talk to my friends because. Mm-hmm. And then in the second one, it was kind of frustrating because it's kind of cool software. It's called Study Abroad something but it's the software where it's kind of like 3d pictures of like the roman Colosseum and things like that so you know you can use it in your classroom to kind of show kids some geography or maybe some history or something cultural and so i thought okay that would be really cool but the technology wasn't working at all so it just ended up being really frustrating and kind of silly and it was the last one of the day so people were just kind of slap happy anyway um <laughs> uh yeah so it's in a way i don't know if this is like a good thing or a bad thing but it's like when i was a kid and i was in you know high school and you know like you'd have something like that where it's just like you know People are just kind of being like, ah, fuck it, you know, but you think like, oh, isn't this supposed to be important? I guess when I was a teenager, I kind of thought that probably doesn't happen as much when people are adults. And it's like, no, but like uh-huh. now I work in an office like, oh, it happens like <laughs> like every yeah. single day. <laughs> I know. It's so funny when you're a kid, you think that adults live in a whole different world. And it's then you the become same. an adult. You're like, it's the goddamn same. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another one is what I told you is that my friend Melissa wants us to give a talk um, oh, about yeah. the podcast and about movies that 
originate, you know, somewhere else. And then the American remake and how oftentimes there's a lot of cultural stuff that's left out, mm. which, and so that's what she found the most interesting. And I'm like, heck yeah. So then I find today that I was like, too. how would we do it? I mean, you'd either have to get a day off of work or you'd have to like zoom in or something. Oh, and the other thing I was going to say is that people are taking bets now about how long they're going to be in school. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll be in school. I, I don't think we're going to go into lockdown. That's my bet. I like, and that, that's, yeah, I feel the same way. And that's not me saying like, and that's the thing I agree with. I'm just thinking like the, the, where people are at right now. I mean, I, I, <sighs> I mean, so many people have just said, like, ah, fuck it, I'm so bored, you know? And it's like, y'all, hey, <laughs> nothing, none of it means, you know, if, if, why, why not just commit to doing something responsible for a long time? And then, you know, you maybe will be in a situation that's better. And it just is kind of like, it's just, it's just so incredible, like, I'm not saying this is solely an American thing, but just how short-sighted like everything is. It's just like, ah, let's just, ah, fuck it. We're, we're opening back up. It's like, ah, fuck it. We already opened up. We can't do that again. <laughs> the only thing I was saying, and, and I was saying it in front of somebody who has a small child, and I'm like, don't listen to this part. But the only thing I think, and I could be completely wrong anyway, but the only thing I think is going to change anybody's behavior is when kids are affected, mm. you know, but mm, still might not change behavior. What about gun control? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was what I, I was like, what about Sandy Hook? Because <laughs> you would have thought, I would have thought. We, I think we all you know, thought. If a bunch of kids get slaughtered, <laughs> that's going to change everything. Nope. Not at all. So no. perhaps not. <laughs> I think we might just be a doomed species and this might just be it for us. <laughs> I mean, I don't think all of like, and again, I'm not saying this is not me saying, oh, no, no other country is, is bad, you know, like America. That's not true. But just we are uniquely really bad in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of incredible in a way we're <laughs> just like wow yeah there's so really... y'all we do not ha did you know we don't actually have to be like this like look they're doing it like that and everyone's really it, it look they did a study and everyone's happier than us and they're like nah <laughs> yeah i just saw this little clip of um joseph gordon levitt King. he was on a talk sh do you think so you don't he's a short He's a short king. He's right? one of the short kings. Yes, we've inducted well, him. Well, I start. I watched one and a half of his new show. Oh, he has and, a show, and it's his show. Like he wrote it, directed, he stars in it. But if you look at the commercial for it, it looks kind of like dreamy, and you know, it looks like a mixture of like reality and dream imagery. I'm like, oh, this is totally my thing. But oh, it's not good, <laughs> and uh, I can't hang. And but anyway, he's a nice, seems like a nice person, and he is in Australia, and he's been there for a while. And he just kept talking about how grateful he was to be in Australia, and how they really handled everything great. And you know, so his kids have been going to school all the time, and 
he was just really happy. And I'm like, yeah, wouldn't like that be nice? People on the planet, like, <laughs> you know, cooperate. Yeah, um, togetherness. Think of your fellow man. No? Oh, only your Okay. All right. <laughs> it's just well, like I, I've been struggling so much with, um, and I'm not unique in this, uh, having a job. And, you know, when you work 40 hours a week and it's just like, wow, hey, y'all, this is too much. Like, how is this the, the neutral, you know? Um, and or like a five day work week. And it's just like, and then to see all these studies done of like, all these people, it's like, yeah, look, look how much productivity increased. And then like, they, they were like productivity also increased because the people were happier in their lives. And I was like, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. It's just like, can you just imagine if you were like, wow, my employees, they could be happy. Fuck it. <laughs> I know I worked for a company, which I won't name, but um, it's a pretty, you know, big company. And it was basically this European model where you don't pay your employees a lot of money, but you give them awesome health care. You give them, you know, facilities that are second to none in terms of fitness and dry cleaning and just anything they would need. In fact, some people compared it to like a little city. You never saw so many fucking people happy. I mean, it was a little scary, like everyone's smiling and you're like, what? But you know, they're taken care of. And I never worried about going to the doctor ever. In fact, I had several doctors tell me, you have really good insurance. <laughs> they still should have paid you more. Well, yes, but yeah. Like y'all got all that money and that was the hour. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it was kind of a cynical play on, you know, on the part of the of the guy who owned it, but I I, I think it paid off in general in, in our people, lives for sure. Yeah, and also people stayed. You know, people would mm. stay there for decades. And um, okay, but I took <laughs> a so glad I took this class. I get. I think it made me a communist. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I don't like ascribe like everything that I think is like. Well, yeah, I do think everyone should have like a basic income and a place to stay. But then I don't know enough about history or like I haven't read anything. That's just my belief is like, can everybody just have a place to stay and not be depressed? But I took this class of like sociology of jobs and work. And we talked about the Google model, which is that which is like, but it's also still a form of control. Like, you know, it's a cushy form of control because I mean, obviously, who wouldn't want free laundry good health care, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, your health care shouldn't be tied to your job anyway, but um, but then it's like, you know, you feel like, oh, well, I, I got to work later because, you know, they're so good to me or, you know, and they're still like, nah, fam, they're still like steal, like taking your labor, you know, and not paying you yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like, they should give you that stuff. <laughs> Oh, I know, but it's so, it's so unusual. Yeah, that no, it but I get that. Like, it seems like <laughs> seems like a miracle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, no, I completely agree with you, and you know, I feel like again, like if you look at other countries where people are given a living wage, even if they work in fast food, doesn't matter because the belief is we need to make sure that everyone's taken care of. 
yes. in our society, and we just don't have that here. So, Mac, what were your favorite <laughs> movies from July? <laughs> um, okay, what I have written down, and I haven't finished the third ones, or else I would do just these three, but I saw Fear Street 1994 and 1978 in July um, and loved them so much. I haven't finished the third one yet. So I guess then my third would be Diabolique. I okay. Well, I don't mean this in a rude way to Diabolique, but I really didn't watch that many movies, <laughs> and a lot of movies I watched were horrible. Um, yeah, I did. I didn't have a great month. I mean, I I watched a lot of movies, but a lot of them were rewatches. Mm-hmm. But the ones I chose were Diabolique <laughs> and Chaser, which is a South Korean action film. Mm-hmm. That was a rewatch, but I hadn't seen it in quite a while. Then Seconds, which if you ever want to watch Stepford Wives again, you should watch Seconds also because it would be a great double feature. Mm -hmm. It's from 1966. It's in black and white and it has Rock Hudson in it. Mm -hmm. And it's it it had a big impact on me. Mm. And also Coco D, Coco Day, which is a Swedish movie, and I don't know how good it is, but it really affected me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically about a couple who lose their child, and then they have a very difficult marriage, and they're trying to get back together. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where you'll have a scene, and then the scene will end, and then it'll go real like reset. Mm. And then um, they have to sort of figure out this puzzle, and that's cool. I, yeah, so I I was pretty good, but mm-hmm. um, not great. But anyway, and then I thought I had one more. I mean, Minari. I Minari. Was- yeah, I should have. Yeah, Minari was good. But okay, so the way I feel about Minari is like. And I'm not saying I think it was a great movie for me. It's kind of like a movie where it's like, you know, to me, it was akin to like seeing a really great show at the planetarium. It's like, I don't think I'm ever going to watch that again, but like, that was good. <laughs> I'm glad I watched it, but it's kind of like, mm, this isn't really going to be like a frequent thing for me. I watched it the one yeah. time. That's it. Yeah, I don't have any desire to see it again, but uh, it, it, I don't know. There were a lot of memorable things about for it. The grandma. I mean, the grandma was amazing amazing <laughs> <laughs> and i mean we already knew this but steven young i mean he's you know, just so great to look at put him in any movie please i know and, and i was trying to think of what i wanted to do for my favorite movies for episode six we're not there yet so i don't have to worry about it but i would kind of like to do burning but mm-hmm. i probably won't but i'm mm. um, boy do i like that movie a lot and if I could get you to watch poetry, poetry might be. Mm. It's by the same director as Bernie. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, put that one so, in there. But it's got a suicide in it. Oh, well. <laughs> we watch horror <laughs> movies. <laughs> True. I almost just want to give like an honorable mention, or should I say dishonorable mention, to the worst movie I've seen this year being The Vanishing Remake. 
that we saw in July. Oh boy. Yeah. Wohos, if you haven't heard that episode, so somebody told me sometimes I don't listen to your podcast until I've seen the movies. In this case, please don't. Please <laughs> don't watch it. Please don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. I mean, I watched those Fear Street movies too, I wanted to say, and I almost highlighted them, except that they sort of went in descending order of like I like the first the one. First the first one is yeah. Like the by by the time you get to the third one, it did feel like I was watching like fan fiction in a way. Like I was which it kind of is, you know. <laughs> and it's they're good. I mean they're you know, cute. I look, they're cute. Yeah. Very cute. That's, that's fair. They're the equivalent and, of like an adult goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you read Goosebumps when you were a kid? I did, but I really can't remember much of them. Um, I didn't really like scary things as a kid. I, I had to be older. Yeah. I don't share that with a lot of horror lovers. Like, I was afraid of just real real life things. Like, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like, it's, it, like, I would have dreams about, like, getting shot. Like in my head, I was just like, yeah. you know, I like, not that I didn't have anxiety, but I, I just, it wasn't like, ooh, creepy, scary spiders or clowns. It was just like, oh, what happens if I get kidnapped? That would be so scary. <laughs> <laughs> Which like to me, isn't that really horror? It's just kind of like, yeah, that would be scary. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Also, I just want to say this is an August movie, but it's not good at all. <laughs> Freaky. You watched it? I did. Oh, no. I watched the I kill count for it. I didn't um, I didn't pay for it. There you go. It could have been a lot better if the girl had actually imitated Vince Vaughn, but she didn't. She just sort of didn't speak a lot and had a frown on her face. And I'm like, that's not cutting it. Yeah. But she was just told to do that. And uh, he was fine. I mean, it wasn't the best. I just, it's like, listen, I get that this is the concept. Haha, <laughs> funny, big, big man, act like, act like young girl. But like, I just like, that tires me. I'm just, I don't need to see it. And I just don't need to see Vince Vaughn's big old body around these two teenagers like i don't know i just was like i don't like this dynamic <laughs> like like yeah. i'm not even trying to it's just like i didn't like looking at it <laughs> from the kill count yeah, that i watched it, it is a little strange i mean he's quite a big guy like yeah i they, mean big as in like big <laughs> they do comment on that there was one part i did like there's one part where i guess it's the first time she is peeing standing up i guess <laughs> and um just like uh, turns <laughs> her body see, yeah, back and was... forth, so the dick is like slapping the thighs. That was very funny, but it was not a a laugh out loud movie. And mm -hmm. uh, I was like, boy, for a short movie, this is really long. We <laughs> <laughs> never want that. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So this week we watched Jew on the Grudge from two thousand two, and. 
What's a juon, Mac? It is when something really bad and violent happens, and then that bad energy follows you. Yeah. And it'll get you. It'll get you. Oh, it'll get you. And then you don't have to be in the house. That's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. And it can call you on the phone. That's and it can operate televisions. Yes, it's gonna get you. It can, it can do a lot. It'll mess you up. It was written and directed by Takashi Shimizu, and it stars Megumi Okina, Misaki Ito, Takashi Matsuyama, and Yui Ishikawa, and a lot of a lot more people. It has a running time of ninety-two minutes. I don't know exactly the date that it came out, but it came out in 2002. So what I did for this one, as I said before, Mac, is I just looked at kind of like the major points. Now, this one and the 2004 one are pretty close. We can talk about the differences. And then we said we didn't want to talk a lot about the 2020 version. (laughs) Spoilers. Except for what I don't like about it. I just want to bitch. Such a great cast, but... All right, so it opens and there's this black and white grainy um, film of a cat meowing. There's a man with a bloody face. Um, he has a razor, one of those razors. What do you call those? Like Box cutter? Knives? Box cutter. And uh, a mangled up photo of this family. And then we get the first chapter, which is called Rika. And Rika is a social worker. So she is a volunteer, but there's but the person who is assigned to this family's case has not shown up. Poor Rika. <laughs> Red flag. Yeah, they're just kind of like, hey, go. And she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, you'll be fine. So she goes and she finds this old lady who is kind of in this like semi-catatonic state. She's not speaking at all. She pooed. There's yeah, she trash pooed. everywhere. Yeah, the house is a shambles. I love that detail. That is such a great detail to me because, like, I mean, listen, spoiler alert, I love this movie. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and can you just imagine, like, you know, you don't know what you're doing. You go in there and then, like, you just think, I'm just going to help this old lady out. And then, like, how – like, to be in somebody else's home and it's yeah. messy – that's such a, like, and I don't mean that as in, like, hey, everyone, clean your, but, like, a complete stranger's house, if it was yeah. totally messy, full of, like, trash. That's just weird. It's a weird vibe. And I think for a Japanese person, it's probably a super weird vibe. N- not to overgeneralize, but, I mean, in my experience living in South Korea was that people's houses were immaculate. Mm-hmm. Like, the streets might be full of trash, but... People's houses were very neat and very clean. Um, Especially if you knew somebody was going to be coming over. Yes. So in this case, it's just kind of awkward and weird. So she, you know, she cleans up the old woman. She cleans up her bedding. She vacuums. And when she goes upstairs, she meets the little boy and his cat, right? Mm -hmm. Because she hears like a cat. And then when she opens it up, she's like, there's a kid here. And I think when you first see him, he's not that white color. He's no. just 
regular color. This boy. He's got such a face. Like, he, his face is just so perfect. Like, he's got these huge cheeks and he just, like, I mean, this kid is acting exactly how he needs to be. Like, I don't know. I just think that part of what this movie's greatness has a little bit, they got to thank that kid because that kid Mm -hmm. knocked it out way better than 2020 kid. Oh, yeah. Not to be rude to 2020 kid. It kind of wasn't his fault. Well, I guess in a way this is kind of skipping ahead, but for like for Rika's story, you know, she's found by her, her coworker is like, comes back. Or is that? Well, okay. Before that, though, she sees, does she see the the ghost of, is it Kazumi? Kizumi? Kizumi, yeah, is the, is the wife. I don't know. I don't remember. But she's, she's okay. catatonic. Rika. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think I think what happens is the um, shadow. It looks kind of like a shadow of mm-hmm. this woman descending. Upon oh yeah, she she woman. sees that. Yes, yeah, that's what she sees. And then then it's it's the great shot of like the, there's this woman and like her everything is black except for like the huge whites of her eyes and like it takes up like the whole screen. And yeah. I think that puts her into that catatonic state. Yes. There are a lot of extreme close-ups in this movie, uh, which are it. used really, really well. The lighting and like, I think this movie it almost reads like to me like, uh, like have you ever read anything by Junji Ito? He's like yeah. kind of the most I feel like right now prolific Japanese manga artist. And his stuff is like, I'll send you something. I bought a whole bunch of his books the other day. Um, like it's art and a lot of these things, like the shadows that will just, you just see it go down someone's face. Like it's very artistic. Yeah, that does happen. Um, I think in the next chapter, mm-hmm. um, which is called, um, Katsuya and Katsuya is the old woman's son. Kazumi is catatonic. When we open and it's because she I'm, sees Toshio. She, like she's, uh, you know, they, they move there. Husband goes off to work and then she hears something. And then okay, I replayed the scene because I, I, I actually replayed it over and over and over again. That's why I can see it in such detail. Cause I kept being like, wait, what was it again? <laughs> like it really had like scene blindness. She sees like Toshio's legs, the little boy. And then I get like he, like pounces on her, I guess, and then she's just you know, then she's catatonic. Yeah, but Katsuya, I think he's like walking into the bathroom or something, and the little boy just like zoop. It's kind of almost funny, and he like goes the other way, and it's like he doesn't. The man doesn't see the little boy, so it's just sort of funny. Like ah, like, <laughs> we know that the little boy is just sort of lurking about and everything. I love me but a he, scare like that. I do too. But just as you were talking about the shadows, that happens here with Katsuya. And the sh- the lighting comes down, the shadow comes down, and the spirit of the former man who had killed his family takes over it's, Katsuya's. It's kind of like, like I want to say it's kind of cheesy, but it's in a really good way. It's like, you know, he, you know, the shadow comes over and he kind of gives just like this little evil smile and... And, uh, oh yeah, cause at one point when, sorry, beforehand and he's checking on his wife, like he doesn't see it, but the little, there's just a great scene where behind we can see the little boys just like looming over, um, the wife. But yeah, so now, yeah, now he's possessed. 
So then Hitomi, his sister, arrives, and Katsuya is possessed by the spirit of the killer, and he's saying stuff like, she cheated on me, she cheated on me, that's not my son. And Hitomi's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, you're scaring me a lot. But she leaves. He pushes her out. He's like, you gotta go. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, was there a part of him who, you know, the brother part that was, like, trying mm. to protect her? Or or he just wanted her to go? I think it is interesting. Like, I feel like he, in a way, what I'm thinking is, like, since he was being possessed by the husband, I think he wanted, you know, to act that out. Like, and, you know, in doing that would be killing you know, his wife, who's now like, you know, in a very plastic, you know, she's not going to do anything. And he kind of just wants to spend time doing that. And like killing the sister is not part of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that sounds perfectly valid because it's just, I would like to think there's a part of him still inside there, but he's gone. You know, he, it seems like, yeah, he, he's totally been taken over. Now we get to my favorite scene. Do you want to talk about it with Hitomi? Sure. I, uh, so Hitomi's like also a very like sweet, you know, nice, nice girl. Like she brought food over to make them dinner. And so, you know, she's so confused as to why he's pushing her out and stuff. And so then she goes back to her apartment and she's obviously feeling like a little bit weird. I don't remember the part with, I know something happens with the security guard. Like she sees, I, I, th I'm mostly, ta I'm mostly thinking about, can you help me with the events leading up to yeah. when she's in her apartment? There's a there's a scene in the bathroom. She's in the stall, then she hears something mm. outside. Um, and she, I think that's when she loses the teddy bear mm. from her umbrella. And then she goes downstairs to the security office, and they pull up the video. And she sees the video is kind of jaggedy. Like there's that sort of like thing that you get in horror movies sometimes when the when the um, bad energy yeah, is filmed, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so you get that. So the security guy's like, guy's like, "I got it, ma'am. I'll go take care of it." So he he's gonna go take care of it. So he goes downstairs and she's watching the video all this time, and this black I don't know this black shape comes out and pulls him into the bathroom. Yeah, and like he doesn't it it's like it, it kind of grabs around his waist and he like lets it, you know, take him. You know, it's like now he's kind of being like possessed too and so then she's like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and like so she runs to her And it's apartment. it's 2002, so obviously like the effects aren't like incredible, but I just feel like why they can hold up even still like with a movie like this is it's to me it's so smart to have scares like that with something that is like fuzzy, you know, like if mm -hmm. you try to shine a really bright light on something that doesn't exist in real life, it's really hard to convey that to the audience. But it's like, it, to me, it does seem plausible. Like you could, you could take a photo with your phone and be like, oh, that looks really weird, you know, in that. Mm -hmm. And as long as it's kind of fuzzy, you know, then obviously also your brain fills in the gaps. And that's just so smart to me um, and keeps you in the movie. And I think the, the newest one didn't do a great job of that at all. And you'd think they would because it's, you know, like over a decade later. Um, so she goes back to her apartment 
I guess I can I can like only remember the scene of her in the bed. What are the events okay. that? Oh, okay, she she. I, I can't. I don't know what else happens in her apartment. Yeah, it's just spooky. So then she she goes underneath the covers in her bed, and she's like, "Oh, let me let me." Oh, at one point her brother calls. She like looks through the peephole, oh, sees yeah. him. She opens up the door. He's gone. Um, and so yeah, she goes she goes into her bed under the covers, turns on the TV, and she's just watching you know a newscaster. And I just this is this is this is the best part to me as it starts to glitch out and get really weird and you know she's just like increasingly getting more like oh and the um the newscaster's face like you know gets really warped and like then starts like like it, I don't know how to describe it but it gets like warped and really creepy looking and then you hear like the really creepy noise like the uh you know and she like screams and has to go underneath the covers. She looks in her hand and she sees the teddy bear and she's like, oh, fuck. And then you see, like, you're looking at her in the covers and the covers begin to, like, just get a little bit bigger. And she feels like a little bit of a tug. And then she opens up the covers and looks down. And then there's Kayako looking up at her. And, you know, then she gets pulled under. And it's just like, chef's kiss, like, 10 out of 10 belongs in the MoMA. I know, and and what another thing I really like about it is like her her comforter is just like so mundane. Yes, and you know it's it's not bright light, but it's you know light lighted. Yeah. it's not in the middle of the night or anything. Like this is just happening, and like, it's still terrifying. It is so scary. That kind of stuff is so scary to me when th- things can happen, like in broad daylight or just in your stupid bedroom. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah, and like this is what to me is like probably was very, you know, interesting of instead of having obviously like the apartment being cursed, it's like okay, I left I left their house. I'm in the safe the safety. Yeah. I'm underneath the covers, like the safest place you think you are and it's still going to get you. And and I think I think Japanese movies just really do a good job of making the everyday like taking what is already creepy a little bit about the everyday and like just turning it up to like a bajillion instead of making your brain have to make leaps. You know, it's like, I don't have any experience of like an angry ghost, you know, knocking at my door, but you have been a kid and been like, you know, and peeking under your covers. But then what if even under there, you're not safe? Like, it's just so good. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really good sequence. It's really great. And then I wrote in my notes, not sure about the order here. We might have already talked about this, but Hirohashi discovers Grandma dead in the peekaboo pose, mm-hmm. and Rika is frozen. But luckily, um, not Ken, dead. Not dead. Um, but then the next thing I have written down is the Toyama chapter. Mm-hmm. Toyama is the retired detective. I think he's a darn handsome man. I was going to say the same thing. As soon as you see that man's face, you're like, ooh, like. You were built for the movies. Like, he looks like a piece of art. <laughs> yeah. So he has a daughter named Dizumi, and he is approached by two other detectives who are starting to put it together that people who are connected to the house die mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in, <laughs> in a terrible, uh, I mean, it, it's just terrible how many people are dying. Um, and so they know that he was involved in investigating the house, like, and this part is a little bit confusing because the mm-hmm. time is all over the place. So, um, y- you know, it wouldn't, you know, it'd be understandable if you sort of lost your place there. 
because at one point we see him spreading gasoline in the house. Then we see he goes sort of goes into this like fantasy where he sees these three girls, three friends of his daughter. It's like he's um, reliving upstairs. it. Yes. They were in the house, but they got attacked and killed by um, Kayako. But it's like, th- this is I what confused the hell out of me, I guess, even yeah. still, is like, but his daughter's a child. So like, these are friends of his daughter. What is this the future now? But Toyama witnessed the girls getting killed. Mm-hmm. And then they are... Obviously, they are ghosts now, and they haunt Izumi, mm-hmm. who is in her house, in her bedroom, hiding from the ghosts. And she's, I don't know, uh, she she seems paranoid, but she has very good reason for being afraid. And I, I just love, I don't know, like, it, it's kind of a motif that is done a lot, you know, even in a lot of Japanese horror movies I can think of, but just like... Um, I don't know. I just love me a scene when when you find somebody who's who's managed to like stay like stay alive with it, but they're not like the hero. Like they haven't conquered it. They're just like a shell of a human now. I, I don't know. I love that. I love giving like the viewer like a glimpse into kind of like here's another path your uh, you know person could have gone on and. You know, they're, you know, she's got like the, the windows put up with like newspaper, which is just a classic, like, oh, something's wrong, <laughs> you know? And like, definitely everybody who knows her is just like, oh, she is not okay. <laughs> yeah. So Kaiharu and Miyuki are her friends and um, they are the ones who get the photographs. Is that right? And, and they see the photographs of the girls, their eyes are black. Yeah. That's also scary. Yeah. It's like super scary. <laughs> Like what if and I mean you can't really do this now because of cell phone photos being so like instant. But I just love that concept too. Again, it's been done so many times. But of like getting photos developed, you know, getting them back, and then knowing that that already happened and it's been so long like since then. Now, does Kayako kill Kaharu and Miyuki? I don't. Remember. I don't. I don't remember. remember. <laughs> Probably because. Then you have um, Toyama and his daughter mm-hmm. in the Buddhist like display area. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it, but you have these like plaques, and one of them has a Buddha on it. And then behind, you see the reflection of the faces, and they're blue. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they must have. So then we're back to Rika. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a friend, Mariko, and. I like this part because Rika's getting fucked with by the ghost big time. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the little boy is under the table when they're in a the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And he does this thing where he sits um, with his knees kind of tucked up under his chest and he just like taps his knees. And it's really creepy for some reason. It's so good. <laughs> and again, he's so cute. <laughs> he's so cute. But the, you shouldn't have like, you know, a blue faced kid. <laughs> like under your table in the restaurant and what do you say to your so, friend so scary yeah <laughs> that's a whole so nother she, element she's like oh, why don't you go home and and take a rest so she does but you hear this cat meowing and then you hear a lot of cats meowing and she wakes up quote-unquote wakes up and there are all these black cats on her bed and on her floor but then she wakes up again now this scene, I can't really suspend my disbelief because that happens to me. I'm waking up. I'm going, woohoo! Yay! 
my lucky day. <laughs> it didn't seem that scary to me either. <laughs> the cat was the cats. All the cats were cute. <laughs> but then Mariko, for some reason, she winds up at the house mm-hmm. and she has found the little boy and she's calls Rika and she says, uh, I'm just going to hang out with him because his parents aren't here. And so Rika's like, no. <laughs> and she runs to like help her friend. But that doesn't turn out very well. Poor Rika. Then we have just sort of like a series of really cool shots with Kayako and Rika. So (laughs) there's a really cool effect where Rika's looking into the mirror and it's a reflection of Kayako. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rika does this thing with the peekaboo fingers where she puts them sort of up to her eyes and then she realizes that a lot of people in the movie have done this there's like a like a gesture you know a a kind of a when she's out is it when she's out eating you know with the friend that you know she sees like an old man like a really old man do it i mean that's classic creepy (laughs) that's really and it's it's done so well because like this old man is inside this inside this uh, room and he's looking out through this glass and he's playing peekaboo. And then this guy is like, Oh, okay. I'll play peekaboo with you. And the old man's like, get away, get away. (laughs) (laughs) Cause he wants to play peekaboo with the kid. Yeah. So, so as Rika has these fingers over her eyes, Kayako's fingers come up inside of her fingers and then she is also bursting out of rika's blouse and of course you see the black hair first and it's just like and then um also there's the flashback to where she thought she felt fingers in the back of her head and that was kayako just like reaching out and touching the back of her head and now here comes kayako and she's all bloody and she's crawling She's yes. doing a crawling thing, crawling down the stairs. And I, I mean, the sound work is so good. Like, I, I mean, I think, I think everybody knows like the groan, but like they also do something else that I had to keep replaying of just like this. I love it. And I even love the groan because again, it's like a noise that it's like, no, you, you wouldn't hear somebody make that, but you can, you can make that noise, you know, anyone can yeah. do that. And like, it's scary, you know, and like, I just think that it's so great to be a, like, it just sends a really more visceral part of like fear into me where it feels like that, that kind of stuff stays with me more than stuff that I can't ever imagine, you know, like a demon's roar. Like she's, she's doing this horrible groaning, like to like, not like a zombie, but it's like, it really is like she has no air and like her lungs and stuff. And like, it's kind of like ghosty a little bit and it's just upsetting, but in a delicious way. But then we understand why. And that's because her husband strangled her to death. And so he crushed, not unlike us, which we discussed Mm. recently on the podcast, she crushed her windpipe. And so that's why she makes that terrible sound. So, the husband flew into a jealous rage and he killed the kid, the cat, and the wife. And because it happened in such a violent and rage-filled way, it unleashed this curse upon the house. And I guess what's so scary about it is, like, it's so random. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's no justice to this at all. It's like, if you happen upon the house, 
you're fucked. Yeah. Like there's, there's no justice to it. And it kind of reminded me of Hellraiser. Did you ever see that movie? Mm, I love Hellraiser. It is really but, similar. You know, with the puzzle box? Yeah. And it looks fun to play with. Yeah, but who would it? Yeah. Uh, but if you open it, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't matter if you're a good person or a bad person. You know, it's not like that. That's, a great, I think, that's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. I think, I mean, I think you can, you know, obviously make, I feel like it's, I don't even necessarily know if they were going for this but it's just like, I just think it's, I like that exploring that idea of like violence, like begets other violence, you know, mm. um, and the violence itself and like, you know, something like that, like a husband, you know, violently killing his family and any sort of rage is like, you know, uh, unfortunately a thing that also we can imagine and is so horrible, you know, and something like that could affect to me, like, you know. Something like that, like, has ripples in the world, you know, because it, it is so horrible. And, like, I enjoy that idea of exploring this, of just, like, really terrible things have, like, a real impact on people and, like, continue to. Um, it's interesting. It's kind of tangentially related to that is when I, I had this job once where I just talked to people. I, I taught people English over the Internet. And the people I was I was teaching were French. Mm. And I remember one person said that he thought French people were a lot more civilized than American people. And I said, why <laughs> do you say that? And he said, because you have the death penalty and we don't have the death penalty. And he said, it does something to a society mm. when that's uh, an option. I think that's... You know? When, when it's so freely, like... I don't know that you that it's not even really I mean it's taboo to me but really it's not the idea is not unheard of of, of somebody being like yeah kill him like he deserves like somebody can say that on the news right now and people are kind of like well that's his opinion <laughs> like it's scary <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that always stuck with me I just really I, I don't use that example per se, but I use the example of the Norwegian prisons and the uh, mass shooting that occurred in Norway and how they don't have the death penalty there. Um, and they're just like, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to deal with this? Mm. Like us as a people. Yeah. Um, as, a, as a country. We're not going to just take it as like, uh, that's just something that happens, I guess. It's like, no, what made it happen? Exactly. Exactly. So um, they're so smart, and I wish we could do more of that. Here's a little bit of trivia. Toshio's spirit is often heard meowing throughout the film, and sometimes it's kind of scary because his mouth is, like, wide open, and you just hear this, like, angry meow. Not only does this imply that his spirit merged with his deceased cat, Mar, but it also relates to an old Japanese legend where the damned spirits of lost children become strays Aww. and, as a result, produce a cat's meow. Oh, <laughs> so sad. <laughs> it's like the saddest thing I've ever heard. I know. <laughs> Uh, let's see. The backstory that creates the curse in the series is strongly reminiscent of the myth of 
Oiwa, a traditional Japanese Onryo resentful ghost legend. Oiwa was a housewife, disfigured and brutally murdered by her unfaithful husband. She returns to haunt him and makes him murder his new lover. According to the legend, a curse accompanies her story, and that those who retell it will suffer injuries and even death. The disfigured aspect of the Onryo is likely what inspired Sadako Yamamura's appearance in Ringu. And we know that the people who make up the original family, the the father, the mother, and the child, appear in Grudge 2. Mm. I mean, sorry, appear in Grudge 2004, mm-hmm. the American remake. Good for that. Well, <laughs> how would we rate it? Um, 4.5. Wait, what? what's our metric? Um, four... Four four black cats and one black kitten. <laughs> I think there there are times where I'm kinda like huh. and like it, it that part is confusing. Like that part is so confusing with the detective. I think that could have been done better. But I think yeah. it's a I think it's just a really well well told movie and I like it and I think any any issues I have with it when I just think of how, how sp- amazing like some the scary scenes are like i'm kind of like i can i can overlook this yeah i would agree um i didn't really have a metric but i thought 4.5 would we watch it again yes yes this is like my fourth time watching it (laughs) what have we learned um (laughs) it's it's, kind of like as you said there's kind of like nothing you can do huh like Sometimes. Sometimes. You know, hey, sometimes it is what can't. it is. <laughs> sometimes, like you said, there's just so much violence and so much rage that it like ripples and it hits people who don't deserve it. But sometimes that's what happens. Yeah. And <laughs> maybe, okay, if, if there is a detective who is working on a case and he is trying to spend time with his daughter, leave yeah. him alone. <laughs> leave the guy alone. <laughs> yeah, that, that you know, uh, come back out of retirement. Don't do Just that. One more time. Um, tell you, yeah, don't do that to that guy. I don't know what I learned from this. I learned that, you know, this, you can create fear in a really low-tech way. Yes. Mm-hmm. That one part where the shadow falls on the guy's face, and as the shadow is falling, his face, the actor's face is changing, you know, into a different personality. It's done so well. You know exactly what's happening, and it's so low-tech. Yes. And so it's it's going to – it's it holds, you know. You know this movie is made in – I mean, it's very obviously dated because of the technology, but I mean, like, it looks amazing. Like, it looks great, whereas – I mean, there's even movies made in like 2017 where the CGI is so bad that you're like, oh, this looks like shit, you know? And it's like, this looks better than that. (laughs) Yeah. Totally recommend this movie. If you haven't seen it yet, do yourself a favor. And if you haven't seen it for a while, you might want to revisit it because it's just, um, it's not that long. Um, You know, it just sort of clips along. It is told out of order. 
But I don't know. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. Because everyone intersects at some point. Mm -hmm. Should we move on to the Sarah Michelle Geller version? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. So this one came out in 2004. It was also directed by Takashi Shimizu. The screenplay was by Steven Susko, based on Jew on the Grudge by Takashi Shimizu. And it stars Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jason Baer, Katie Strickland, Clea Duvall, and Bill Pullman, very briefly. <laughs> uh, we also know that Takashi Matsuyama, Yuya Ozeki, and Takako Fuji as the father son and mother from the first movie uh, reprise their roles in this movie mm -hmm. came out October 22nd, 2004 in the United States and has a running time of 91 minutes. I'm, I literally don't have any notes. I pulled up the wiki. <laughs> okay. So we watched this movie together with our friend Keel and my impression, just off the bat, my impression was this movie is not scary. No. <laughs> um, there are other, maybe other problems with it too, but I just thought for a horror movie, this just really isn't scary. Mm. Um, it's, uh, uh, I'm just so intrigued by the fact that it was directed by the same guy, but you, it's like, to, this is, I struggle so much whenever there's a plot when there's an American remake of something that revolves specifically around one culture, but then you cast American white people as the yeah. leads, and it always it always feels kind of janky because it is, you know, like so much of this movie just right off the bat, I just can't believe it's like all these people live in Japan and like none of them know Japanese, <laughs> like, and not only do they not know Japanese. They don't know, like, basic things. Like, and for some characters, it would make sense. And then other characters, it's like, how did you get a job here? Like, Well, Karen, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, I think she's trying. Some of their pronunciations are just so, like, <laughs> it's on the level of, like, Inglorious Bastards, like, Arrivederci. Like, it's like that. <laughs> and that just takes... No. I, I, I know not... Every American person watching, you know, is going to know what Japanese sounds like. But it's just like, well, I do. And then when I'm watching this, I'm just like, just don't put them in Japan. <laughs> was it Watashi wa Karen that got you? It was Watashi wa Karen. <laughs> she goes, Watashi wa Karen. <laughs> I need to make that a sound bite. <laughs> now, Clea Duval's character. Uh, hates Japan. Like she, she really does not want to be there at all. And I mean, I feel, I feel like Sarah Michelle Gellar. You know, at least she wants to be there for her boyfriend. Um, and she's sort of game, but Clea Duval just like hates everything. Yeah, she hates the ramen. She's like a moody teenager. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really sad. <laughs> I don't feel bad for her, though, because, yeah, I guess she no. just kind of feels, she just seems so like, <laughs> 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 Yeah. 
<laughs> so, I mean, already off the bat, I mean, we got it. We got to have, you know, straight couple be, be like the main focal point. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> A woman by herself? No. Can't have that. That's true. Rika doesn't have a partner. No, like she, she like has, you know, they mention some things like, oh, and you did this because, you know, he asked you to, but even that could be like, well, they could be friends. You know, it, it isn't like this where it's like part of the film uh. is that we're supposed to want these two to be together, which I don't, I already don't care about them. Um, <laughs> are you waiting on me to tell the plot? <laughs> well, I mean, I... I don't have a lot to say about this movie. At first, I thought, well, this isn't too bad. I mean, you know, you could maybe recommend this movie to somebody who doesn't want to read subtitles. Yeah, I don't think so. But it doesn't have the same spirit. There's just, they do some different things, too. Like Bill Pullman doing a header off the veranda onto the cement below is shocking, but it's not particularly scary. No. Uh, it's just like, why did that happen? Yeah. Um, and I don't a- I don't like that part. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't like, because the story would be a lot different. You already make it so much different if it's like, okay, the people who get cursed by it, they commit suicide, you know, or something like that. It's like, that's right. completely different. Like, that's not what this is, you know? No. Um, <laughs> And like, where does that come from? Yeah. Like, I'm wondering if that's like a part of a different interpretation, different grudge story, uh, you know, is yeah. that in gr- you know, or was that in one of the prequels? Like, where does that come from? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And nobody else takes their life. So I don't get why he does that. It was just and- like, so you just know that the scene was just done because they just were like, wouldn't this be weird? Like, that's what so much of this movie is, is like, wouldn't that be kind of creepy? Okay, put that in there. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. (laughs) I really, I mean, like, I really truly don't remember anything. (laughs) It got wiped from my brain. Like, yeah, it's because, yeah, it's, it's like, you might as well watch the original. Like, it's only 90 minutes. Come on. Like. There's not even that much dialogue anyway. Just just watch the original because it's not even that this one pissed me off like The Vanishing did. I was just kind of like, that was certainly a, a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and she burns it down, right? At the end. Mm-hmm. Buffy? Yeah. 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 But look, her acting is so bad for this 90 minutes that it, I, I mean, it's... Just bad news. It reminds me of um, Kristen Bell and Pulse. Yeah, yeah, same vibes of just like same vibes. I'm just kind of phoning it in. Like I'm, I'm, you know, young actress. I'm just kind of getting a paycheck. Oh, it's like this. Oh no, I think it's like this. And then just all right. <laughs> like there's nothing charming about this movie. Um, and again, I'm just. It has like just the stereotypical vibe of how you feel when you feel like Hollywood's got its like grubby little fingers all over your movie. Like that's just what this movie feels like, which is again why it's so surprising that the director is the same guy because it's kind of like it just kind of feels like a ah, let's just spin it up big budget. Put Sarah Michelle Gellar in there. It'll do great. Well, I I looked up all of the movies that 
we've looked at Dark Water, The Ring, um, this one, Pulse. They're all PG-13. Mm-hmm. And there's there are limitations. Not to say that all movies that are rated R are scary or anything, but there just are limitations when you're dealing in that con- constraint of PG-13. Now, we thought that Dark Water and Ring were pretty successful mm-hmm. remakes, but by and large, it just doesn't work to do yeah. that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think we have to spend any time. <laughs> On this, I mean, I I would not recommend it. I don't think it's good. I think it's kind of boring for such a short movie, and it's not scary. And it's got more of that early uh, 2000s horror movie lighting that's very, like, dark and green and, like, blue. Not not as bad as, like, The Ring, but, like, the... The original Japanese movie is not like that. It just has great, you know, just like the the scene is just what that, if it has natural lighting, it's got natural lighting, you know, but like everything in this one is kind of dark and like a little bit, ooh, like weird vibes. And it's like, that's not even the point. You just, you missed the whole point. Um, and yeah, I think this one just kind of feels like, it, not even like kids buff, but like just a, and not even a good karaoke cover of something because there's no passion in it. It's just kind of like, all right, I'll do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of a sad remake in a way. Didn't infuriate me as much. Well, cause I wasn't thinking just in this movie, I was kind of like, what? But 2020, not that it didn't enrage me as much as the vanishing, but I was just like, you can barely call this the grudge. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, do you want to rate, the 20, 2004, you just want to skip it altogether. Pretend it never happened. Ha- like, I guess I'll say like, um, uh, like a, like a Buffy poster ripped in half, just half a yeah. star. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, and it's not even because it made me mad or nothing, but it's just kind of like, wow. It's kind of like, I feel the same as if I hadn't seen it. Cause. <laughs> like I didn't do anything yeah once i watched the original it, it was nice it just kind of wiped that other one from my mind would we watch it again no probably not Mm-mm. i don't see why there's no point i mean we've already done a podcast on it so <laughs> I, I don't even want to talk about what we learned i mean i just think it's sad like when we see the same director do the remake i think it just kind of makes me sad like we it does for me yet- too we haven't yet seen a successful remake by the same director. Yeah, it's like um, guys, don't don't touch it again. Just you you did something great. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about 2020. <laughs> and this god, I mean, this one. <sighs> well, let me pull up the wiki. Well, one thing I wanted to mention is we just watched Piercing. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I recognize this guy's name. I'm like, how do I know that guy's name? Nicholas Pesce or Pesh is the guy who brought us piercing. And is he the director? Yes, he's the director. He wrote the screenplay. And it's based on a story by him and this guy, Jeff Bueller or Buller. And, you know, based on Shimizu's screenplay. The only thing this guy is good at is like opening credit and ending credit sequences. 
<laughs> I would say like piercing, pretty interesting opening and ending credits. This movie, yeah, yeah okay, it's pretty. Everything else, you're shit. You're dog shit. I'm so sorry to say this to you, but like, I'm not actually your dog shit. This movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> it pissed me off a little bit because it you got you're gonna bring me in with John Cho, and you know I'm gonna watch it because John Cho is uh. in it, and then you give me nothing like. There's there's so many great actors in this movie. Yeah, it's kind it's really of baffling. Yeah, the um, we're not talking about piercing, but it worked for me till a little past the midway point, and then it it lost me completely. I think this guy this sucks. Movie, this this movie was a failure for sure. But the cast is great, which also makes it kind of sad because it's got Andrea Riseborough or Riseborough, the the lead in Possessor. Mm-hmm. Love her. Uh, Damian Bichir, who I like a lot, but all he did was whisper act in this. John Cho. John, what are you doing? Betty Gilpin. Lynn Shay. Lynn Shea is the old lady cutting off her fingers. Love, love and, her. And uh, Jackie Weaver. She's her great. eyes. You know. <laughs> uh, it came out. And who plays the husband? Oh. Um, he was in The Wire. The fu- he was in the wire. I can't remember his fucking name. He he does great with with what he's given, but um, yeah. Sadly, it's it's not it's not enough. No, it's not. This came out January third, twenty twenty. Has a running time of ninety four minutes. They're getting longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta look up my document. So why don't you vamp for a second? Because I gotta mute myself. All right. His name is Frankie Faison. That's also. right. Wait, you said vamp? Yeah. Like. I just meant, you know. Wait, hi. You, hi. You said vent? Vamp. What's vamp? Just, it's just like fill time and like just keep talking and keep the uh. audience entertained. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> I just bur- like snorted into the mic. <laughs> Okay, here's one thing I hated about this movie. Yes. And that is the storyline with John Cho and his wife. Are we what? still doing this? Like, the actual is, fuck. This, yeah, okay, this movie's ableist. Like, it, okay, let's, it starts off, you know, with Possessor Lady. That's what we're calling her. Um, she, husband died of cancer, who cares? Um, <laughs> she and her son. No, and I only say this because it's like, the movie doesn't care. It's like we see her with her son like three times and it's never particularly sweet or heartwarming. Like this kid might as well not be related to her. Like the the kid is a horrible actor. Sorry. But and he's just always like, hey, mommy. She's like, hi, I love you. You're my son. It's like, OK, that's it. Um, And for somebody who's a newly single grieving mother, Sometimes she, sometimes that's an issue. Sometimes, you know, she can't find something for him. And other times it's like, like, sometimes I'm thinking like, who's watching her son right now? <laughs> like, you're just driving around to every house, like, in the middle of the night. Like, is your son okay? Um, <laughs> so yeah, she's new to this town. She's a cop. They have a thing that they established from the beginning. What do we do when we're scared? Oh, close our eyes. Count one, two, three, four, five. I was like, okay, so that's going to come up later. It's not the grudge. <laughs> There's, she's like, yeah. you know, on this new assignment, you know, they, they find this woman who was, um, been decomposing in this car. 
And I can't believe – they say she's one of those, like, assisted suicide ladies, as if that's just a thing I'm supposed to know about. Like, they're kind of like, you know. No. <laughs> huh? Like, once they introduce the concept, I'm like, you, okay. Th- I mean, I get – but, like, is that – that's not legal, right? <laughs> like, it's not, No, it's not legal. Like, no. so how did, how did this man find her services? And I just can't believe that the movie was like, oh, you know, one of those. Um, and – Anyways, so so she was found connected to this house, and you know everybody at the police station's like, "Don't mention that house to your to your partner. He's got baggage with it." He tells her like, "Do not go near the house." And they say, "Oh, you know, it's so weird. He was he never went in the house." And like, can you do that? Like, I can't do that at my job where they're like, <laughs> "Hey, Matt, go do this," and I'm like, "I'm getting a bad vibe. I'm gonna go." <laughs> can you do that? Your boss is like, hey, investigate this house. And you're like, ooh, I'm kind of getting bad vibes. It's like, yeah, a murder happened. Where would you not get bad vibes, you dumb fuck? Um, so, so yeah, she, she, goes, she goes to the house because she's a dumb fuck. And um, she finds um, – uh, what, what's her name? Um, Lynn Shea. You might you might know her from Insidious. She's the old lady. She does a great old lady. I think she does a she's great, really good. She does a great like I'm dying face. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's got like she can make a horrible face with her mouth where it just looks like yeah. she has no teeth. Oh, so I mean she was great. Um, not good enough. She's all <laughs> rotted and stuff. And then oh, like her husband's rotted, and you know the cops like what the fuck. So she leaves. Um, calls the police shit happens i don't remember and so now now we get to see kind of like the events that leading up what started this movie was an extremely yellow scene and i mean this like literally like the movie was bright yellow um (laughs) this woman she fiona landers she leaves a house in tokyo she's a nurse and she's like i gotta go i'm getting bad vibes um she tells yoko i'm leaving and in outside of the house she sees like i did think that this was a cool looking thing this was cool yeah is this garbage bag that's kind of like pulsating and moving and but then honestly this ruins it for me is like then a hand comes out of nowhere and grabs her ankle and it's like wouldn't it be so scary if you just saw like a hand press against the bag like that's what i was thinking was gonna come and that would scare her but it's like no it's a hand on her leg where'd the hand come from and so she's freaked out she goes home she's got a husband and kid and the she's the she took the curse home she kills her family and so now the curse is there um so you know how like the the <laughs> you know like how in the grudge you always see kayako who looks really cool pretty iconic when you think mm-hmm. the grudge i'm thinking scary woman with long black hair and i know it's a motif but it's like that's what i'm kind of looking for you will not get a scary woman <laughs> with long black hair You'll get a lot of dumb shit. Men, I'm sorry. Like, all the men in this movie that they wanted to scare me, none of them scared me. I'm just like, where's Kayako? Like, I want to see that long black hair, and I don't get to see it. So, okay, I guess I'll just go through the plot in order of events now. Just go through it. You know, then we see John Cho. He's he's like a real estate agent. Who comes first? Uh, The John Cho or... Frankie Faison and Lin Shay. Does John Cho precede them? I don't even know. Oh, God, I don't know. But all I have to say about the John Cho vignette is it's so 
frustrating because you think it's all about their relationship and the pregnancy and all that. And then they both end up dead. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why Why did you do that to us? Doesn't He's in the poster. Sense. Yeah. Like, uh- <laughs> you'll start off this movie being like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought the main character was John Cho. And then the movie's like, we tricked you. <laughs> like, you, if you saw the trailer, you'd think, oh, this is a John Cho movie. This is a John Cho thing. Nope. Might as well be a cameo. And their story's so fucking stupid. It's like, so yeah, they're the real estate. Okay, so I know this happens right after the first family dies. They they go into the John Cho and his his wife. They go. She's pregnant. Um, they find out that their unborn child will mo- will most likely be born with the rare genetic disorder ALD. Um, and so then they're like, I guess talking about like, oh, should we have? But again, this is just all kind of just a little bit contrived because like I don't know these people. You just introduced me to them, and now I have to care. Um, yeah. And so he goes to the house. Um, he steps inside. Big mistake. He sees the little girl, the girl, you know, who was murdered by her mom. Um, you know, she starts bleeding from her nose. And I guess that's kind of what we learn about this grudge is it it possesses you. It just if one person, the first person I guess who steps into the house, they'll kill their family. It's never really, you know, decided what it is, but they'll do that. And then Whoever else steps into the house, they will be haunted by the ghostly images of the family. Again, I just want to repeat, no Kayako is in this. (laughs) (laughs) Just a lot of like, now here's a creepy girl. Now here's a creepy guy. Okay. Um, And the only part that I thought was kind of unsettling is that the main character, um, possessor lady, she finds out that her current cop partner, his old partner, got obsessed with the case. And... He's actually still alive, which surprised me because there's a scene where he, because he went into the house and he's just like, I keep seeing it everywhere, you know? And he, while his partner's driving him, just like shoots himself in the face, but he lives yeah. and he's still at this like mental institution, which just has such like a cliche, horrible depiction of like mental illness of just like this cliche scene might as well be like from Silence of the Lambs, you know, where like Clarice is walking and someone like throws stuff on her like it's just these people like ah! you know it's okay um and so he's got like a really like the guy from batman who got half his face burned off look and he's telling yes yeah he's he's telling her like like oh i i see her now i you know you you stepped in there too right oh it's gonna get you too we should gouge our eyes out and she's like oh she leaves two seconds later i don't know how but he gouged <laughs> his eyes out and I mean, that scene was kind of just like, you know, upsetting to look at. I mean, we don't see it happen when we see the aftermath. I was like, okay. I mean, like, I, my interest peaked I, a little bit. His makeup is pretty great. Yeah, I think, I think it looked good. Yeah, um, it, it looks convincing, you know, about a guy who shot himself in the face and lived. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, same. I like that part. And yeah. that's like kind of the only part that I remember. Yeah, because the rest of it is just like... You you can feel every beat of this movie. Like it's like you're looking at the script on screen as well because every <laughs> single beat is just like, oh, look at this bathtub. Oh, ooh, get close, pause, and it gets you. Like you you will jump, but it's because the they're not even good jump scares. I mean, it's just like 
some some of them are like that where you're like, it's going to happen. Oh, and then it happened. And then some of them are really like somebody just looks to the right and it's the loudest noise you've ever heard in your life. And like somebody with a gaping maw of a mouth. And it's like the makeup can be kind of cool, but it's kind of weirdly CGI too. And it's just not, it's so dark. It's a really dark movie. And I just don't get why movies got to be so poorly lit. And yeah, anyways, obviously she burns the house down and she... Then she's, it's so, it's so fucking stupid. Like she's driving home and it's like the whole movie, it's just so, you know, it's going to happen. Like she's like, oh, everything's fine now. She hugs her son. Like we're, we did it. We're good. And then, oh, he's actually behind her. Bye mom. I'm going to school. She's been hugging a ghost. It's just like, all right. <laughs> I'm so glad I torrented this and didn't pay for it. That's that's a fucking ripoff from Dark Water. Yeah. Yes. Uh, or uh I mean also like as as a lot of them like um Shudder and you know is kind of like that too where it's like we did it or the ring too where it's like we did it it's done. No, no, no. I would not recommend this movie. Um okay. Hold on, can I Yeah. I one thing that made me lose it. Um so the, the woman who's like uh, the assisted suicide lady, she's called by Frankie Faison to um, kill his wife because she's Looney Tunes. And I am kind of like, what the fuck? Because um, he's just kind of because she tells him like, you know, she has to be like of sound mind and completely agree. And when she talks to her, it's clear that that is not the case. And he's just kind of like. Uh, but could you like kill her though? <laughs> she's like, no. But I'll stay at your house. I was like, why? Why? So she stays there. She obviously then, you know, is now fucked, and she starts seeing things. And she talks to him, and she's like, "Listen, I think your house is haunted." And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> and he says, "Well, I think it's kind of nice because it makes me think like when she's gone, I might still be with her." Do you want to see her all nasty screaming with bugs flying out of her mouth? Because that's what all the other ghosts look like. And he says, like, you know, everybody, he somehow knows the whole lore. He's like, everybody who touches this house is connected. And, you know, we we all, you know, are connected forever because of this. And he says, like, that's why I asked you to come. And it's like, you just fucked this stranger. Like, you, like can you imagine? And when she hears this, Jackie Weaver squeezes his hand like it's the nicest thing she's ever heard. And to me, I'm like, if I knew, if some guy was like, hmm, there's this curse that's inescapable, come into my house, and I did this knowingly, I'd be like, you killed me. Like, you might as well have killed me. Because then she, she drives away. Turns out she's the lady in the car. She crashes the car. And there's just also a lot of violence in this movie that is like, actually unnecessary like they'll just make something bloody and gory just because like eh, fuck it you know and it just do you mean like when when the lady with dementia is sawing off her fingers now that i enjoy i thought that was actually like kind of artful a little bit a little bit like i mean like when this lady crashes we get a glimpse of like her bones are like you know popping out and it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. what's the she got a car crash is scary enough. Like I don't need to see her get a compound fracture. Like <laughs> Yeah, true. Anyway, this movie sucks. Do you want to rate it, Mac? Um, now this is the John Cho poster ripped in half. <laughs> <laughs> half a star. Yeah, it's bad. Would you watch it again? No. No. Unless it's to point out all the dumb shit. 
What have you learned? Just because a movie is has a stacked cast, <laughs> that does not mean it is good. It is no guarantee of anything. Like, also, you might- whisper acting is not acting. Oh, I mean, that guy killed me. Like, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Speak up. <laughs> I just can't get over. Oh, I didn't want to go into the house, so I didn't. <laughs> like, isn't that your job? Like, ooh, I know I was sent to, to put out this fire, but like, I don't want to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, you don't have to make an American remake. Oh. Or just make your own fucking movie. This is in no way. Yeah. This really yeah. is like a movie that it's like, it's, it can barely call itself the grudge. One person went to Japan at one point in the movie, and like that's as close to it being well, the crush. Yeah, they did do the hands and the head thing. It's on the poster. So yeah, they and you know they put all the creepy stuff just in the trailer to get you in. That's the scariest yeah. thing you'll see. <laughs> and I guess the concept is the same. You know, the curse will follow you. But but it's not because it's like <laughs> now you're the ghost. And the first person who steps in there is the one who kills their family. Because Frankie Faison, I was like, can he see the curse? Like, because he didn't seem to, like, care at all that he was in this (laughs) cursed house. He was like, can you just please kill my wife? So the house's number in the film is 44, a reference to the original Juan short film, 444-444-4444 from 1998. Four is also a number of bad luck in Japanese culture due to the number in Japanese specifically being a homophone for the character she, which means death. Hmm. One of the, one of the more difficult scenes to shoot was Faith committing suicide by jumping off the stair, stairs banister in the hospital. The shot was accomplished by splicing together three shots, one of actress Lynn Shay leaning over the banister Another shot of a stunt woman jumping over the railing with a bungee cord attached to her back. And a third shot of a dummy filled with fake blood falling onto the floor. Because when you fall on the ground, actually just like a huge explosion of blood happens. That's what it looks like. And I was like, is that real? I thought I thought too. And I don't mean to be rude to the people who worked on this film. It seems like you went through a lot of work. It looked like shit. <laughs> All that work you did, it didn't look good. <laughs> But also that I thought it was interesting that that's pretty much the the way they did the stunt in Cairo off the what? water tower. I don't the remember. Actri- oh, the actress, um, it was spliced together with a stunt woman with a bungee cord. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then they erased the bungee cord. It took around one to two hours to get William Sadler fitted into the prosthetic makeup to show the character scarring as he had disfigured his face in a failed attempt to kill himself. Um, I I don't know. that. I might give this movie one star for that makeup. <laughs> it's not good, um, Wohos. I, I would really skip it. It's not even just, like, there's. it's not fun. It's not funny. There's really nothing that's going on with this thing. And, Mac, I know you were looking forward to watching it. I really was. And I'm so... I'm so glad that I never spent money on it. Again, Amazon Prime was trying to make me pay $10. Excuse me. Um, I'm so (laughs) glad I never saw it in the theater because it wouldn't have been worth it. Um, It sucks. 
Yeah, it really does. Should we shut it down, Mac? Shut it down. Well, host, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Next time on the Quinisode, we are looking at cursed movies, The Exorcist, Poltergeist, and Brainstorm. In two weeks, Mac and I will be back discussing the Italian supernatural horror classic Suspiria from 1977 and a 2018 American remake. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world of horror to us truly. Hit us up on social media. And until next time, remember, we love you and don't go into the basement. <laughs>